Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! There are a lot of books and uh, courses that teach people how to be in the flow. And there are tons of techniques that help you to get into the state of flow. So today I want to look at the state of flow from the spiritual perspective. What is the flow from the spiritual perspective? Yeah. So the state of flow is essentially being in balance or in harmony with everything else in creation. So you've probably all heard about the butterfly effect. Um, And it's the simple concept that even a small action, you know, on within one link, one small link of the greater creation can have pretty drastic impact, right? So on the one side of the planet, the butterfly can flap its wings and on the other side of the planet, there could be a tsunami. And there, so there is this concept, obviously, that within the universe that everything is interrelated and interconnected. So when beings experience the state of flow, it is a state that enables them to stay in harmony with everything else within creation and not cause any major disbalance by the virtue of their existence, right? Because we are all interconnected. You're only being in a state of flow when you are not negatively impacting the world around you, the things around you. Yeah. And is it is it is it the mental or emotional state or it's something it's else? It's an energy state. And and what I mean by that is it's actually all of the above, right? Hmm. Because you cannot really so everything is energy, right? What if if you're asking me to go to the granular to the level of granularity technically speaking the state of flow is being in harmony with all of creation across all of your light bodies Hmm. and the physical as well so this implies that you would be in the state of harmony with everything in existence in your physical body in your energy body or etheric in your mental body in your emotional body and in your spirit body Let's take that with a grain of salt because your spirit body is never really out of alignment with the rest of creation. It's just not what that body experiences because this is the lightest of your bodies, right? Where you do experience the absence and the lack of the state of flow predominantly is within the three lighter bodies. So it starts in the energy, then goes into the emotional and then in the mental. And so technically... Any disbalance or disharmony in any of these three bodies is going to get you out of the state of flow. Because if one of these aspects of yourself is broken, and maybe broken is a very strict language to use here, but I just really want you to get the point, right? Or is out of alignment, shall we say. 
then you are impacting a particular aspect of the universe, not in a very nice way. Because of that, you cannot be in the state of flow if any of these three bodies is out of alignment and technically physical as well. I'll give you an example. Say you're, you're, you have an acute pain in your head. Say you have a headache that is a very acute pain. You cannot be in the state of flow while experiencing a headache because that puts you out of alignment actually with the rest of creation that is not experiencing a headache at the moment in time. Hmm. So it means that most people never in the flow. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, I guess in, th in third dimensional, yeah. uh, on third dimensional planets like, like, the, like the Earth. Yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more. Most people have no idea what it feels like to be in the state of flow. Like as in they, you know, they could not even think of an instance in time when they felt that way. Because essentially the state of flow is many things, but when I talk about harmony and balance in the grand scheme of creation, I'm actually talking about the energies of the heart. So that is, and there are so many different actually facets and many different perspectives that we can describe the flow aspect of energy from. Um, and I would, you know, maybe today we'll, we'll take multiple of those perspectives, but one of the perspectives is the state of flow is essentially the state of being in, in the heart space and in the space of love in relationship to everything else in creation, right? Whether you love it or, you know, maybe don't love it, but it's still uh, that uh, basically being able to take everything as a part of yourself, right? So that it is a byproduct of greater oneness. So the state of flow does start in your heart center, but it doesn't end there. Let's just say it's one of the prerequisites to being in the state of flow. Right? Hmm. which in and of itself is a great lesson for humanity because a lot of humans don't really have the heart space activated. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so if your heart chakra is not open, then you cannot get into the flow state? Correct. Correct. And not, not just open, but if it's underperforming, if it's not fully open, if it's like 30% open, you can never experience the state of flow to the full extent. Now, you may experience aspects, uh, parts of your life, certain parts of your life, certain um, times within your own timeline may feel more in alignment than others. Hmm. But it doesn't mean that you fully felt the state of flow. One good example of the state of flow is nature. Right? I think we've spoken in a few of the past episodes that nature vibrates at the heart chakra level. So what that means is everything in nature is in, in a state of harmony. And if you have ever watched nature or observed nature, should I say, and how the various aspects of nature are interconnected, you have essentially experienced flow. So if you think about nature as a as a consciousness, right? It is exceptionally in interconnected, right? So, and, and that is how you know that like if one species of like animal or plant goes out of extinction, sometimes it can take the whole ecosystem out of balance. And the reason being is because everything in nature is intentional. Everything in, in nature feeds off of each other, but also it it's a, a lot of symbiotic relationships, right? So because of that, it is a system that always flows. 
It is the system where you could actually, you know, at least on planet Earth, by being introspective in nature and by observing nature, you can get really close to understanding flow. Because this is a really, really good proxy uh, within this fairly low dimensional world. So yes, um, experiencing the state of flow always starts from your heart space, from the heart center, from understanding that you are a part of this grand creation and you are but a small part of it. And yet, right? And that is where the balancing act really comes. So the, the state of flow is understanding that you are a speck of dust in the grand scheme of creation and you are also a universe in and of yourself within the grand scheme of creation all at the very same time. So understanding that you are both infinitely large and infinitely small in relationship to other things. And so it's being able to hold both of these perspectives, not from a place of ego, but from a place of love. That describes the state of flow. Um, that is not the only... Um, that is not the only way that I think we can perceive flow, but definitely heart space energy, balanced energy, harmonious energy. You know, and from this space, you really cannot harm another. Because if you're in the state of flow, you're taking everything as is, but you're also, you know, harming another would, would essentially be like harming yourself. Let me also try to maybe like bring it down a notch. I don't know, like I don't want to like give you all this lofty language that you're not able to comprehend. Very often, the state of flow is associated with the state of getting what you want. And very often, the state of flow is being used on this planet in relationship to perfect manifestation, right? How do, you all, how do I align with what I want? And you know the advice that they give you is, well, you have to be in the state of flow. And then I know you mentioned that there are, there's like all these courses and like all these people are teaching about the state of flow. I don't actually see the state of flow being very well understood on this planet, I actually see a lot more confusion about it than there is understanding. So the, the state of flow is also the state in which you don't experience resistance. So it is also, in other words, the state of acceptance, full acceptance of yourself fully, who you are in that moment in time, accepting that fully accepting who everybody else is fully in relationship to yourself and outside of that relationship to yourself. Fully accepting the world the way the world is without projecting yourself onto it and without letting the world to project itself onto you. Right. So that state of full acceptance of what is and what will be and what was right? So the full state of flow is an individual that has come to terms with all of his or her past, who is in full acceptance of the present moment and where they are in this moment in time without judgment, without impatience, without ego, right? As well as in full acceptance of their path and what is bound to happen. That is the full state of flow without the weight of expectations. So it is also the, the aspect of, not the aspect, but the energy of the lack of resistance towards things, right? And it all starts 
with resistance to certain aspects of you and yourself, right? So everybody that has an inner critic, I can argue that have ne- they have never experienced the full state of flow. By the way, about 99% of humanity have an inner critic. So I would say humanity in general has a long, long, long way to go before they can fully experience flow. Flow has been experienced on this planet. It is just fairly sporadic. And it's actually a really, really hard thing to sustain for a 3D human. I don't see a lot of people being able to sustain flow, Hmm. especially for a prolonged amount of time. Is it like more like a state of um, inspiration when you create and then boom, it disappears and that's it? No, again, it's the state of acceptance. Acceptance. It's it's less about being inspired. Mm -hmm. Flow is really just let yourself be and let others be and let everything else be. You know, just like give yourself permission to be fully who you are without needing to change yourself without needing to prove anything to anyone or without needing to conform to certain rules, right? Mm. Or without needing to be better, faster, stronger, richer, more powerful, smarter, I don't know, prettier, et cetera, et cetera, right? All of that pressure that you put on yourself, right? Anytime you put this kind of pressure on yourself, you're not experiencing flow because pressure is the absence of flow. And then, so like if humans cannot even get that part right, then they have an even harder time accepting others, Hmm. right? Because to accept others, you first need to forgive and accept yourself, everything about you, all the different parts of you, the good, the bad, the ugly, the everything in between, the shadow, all the things that you really wish you didn't have to face about yourself and your actions and your past, perhaps, right? And then it's, and by the way, the interesting part about manifestation, On this planet, even if you don't fully align with a state of flow, but get there to a certain degree, you will already experience manifestation that is immensely faster and smoother and stronger as a process compared to everybody else, right? So it's maybe unattainable for a lot of humans to be there all the way, but maybe all the way is not needed, you know? Maybe uh, perfect is the enemy of good, And maybe all we have to do is be good enough with a state of flow. And I think as we are exploring what that means, we have to talk a little bit about the divine feminine because the flow is the very divine feminine energy and it's a very divine feminine aspect, which is also why it is so hard to experience on this planet because there is a lot of masculinity here. It's a very intellectual based world. Uh, it's a world where logic runs supreme and where, you know, it's a patriarchal society still. So it is hard to even align with what divine feminine is and what divine feminine stands for. And so, you know, in order for me to try to explain that, um, you also would need to imagine like the perfect motherhood aspect. And unfortunately not all of you have come, um, you know, very close, like a lot of, a lot of your aspect, like a lot of your relationships with your mothers have been quite dysfunctional, you know, to one degree, to some degree, uh, for one reason or another. So where that concept of acceptance of what was, what is, and what will be comes from is the concept is, is from that energy of divine motherhood, which essentially is 
from the position of a divine mother, everything is, you know, or divine feminine, should I say, every aspect of creation is your child, is your baby. And as such, divine feminine always views everything as being perfect by default, right? Because everything that it gave birth to is an aspect of herself, right? And so she does not really perceive things outside of her as imperfect or needing to change. And that's why Divine Feminine actually at its core really accepts things and beings and different facets of consciousness exactly for who they are. And it doesn't try to change them. It doesn't strive to perfect them. It doesn't put them in rigid cages of you should do X and never do Y, right? And so that is where this concept and that energy of the state of flow comes from, right? Uh, let's go back to the balance for a quick second and, and being in harmony and being in balance. So in order, again, to experience the state of flow, you need to have all of your bodies in the state of flow, not just one. Technically speaking, the most important body for the state of flow is your emotional body. And then the second most important one is your energy body. However, because everything in your body is, are, is interconnected, right? If your mental body, if your thoughts and belief systems are out of whack, they would always send ripple effects downstream, right? And again, going back to that concept of the butterfly effect, everything is interconnected within your own ecosystem and everything else. And that's why I think what's important actually about the state of flow is to understand that it's not just how you react to the world, but how the world reacts to you that is also important. It is a relationship between you and the universe and relationship always goes both ways. One of the greatest fallacies that I am watching as I'm kind of like quickly scanning the human collective, even the people, even the people that like the teachers that are teaching the state of flow, they're teaching it from a single perspective. And that perspective is how are you in relationship to the world? In other, you know, in other words, are you accepting, you know, what the world is throwing your way? You know, are you uh, like allowing things to happen instead of pushing? Are you being patient? What they're failing to notice is that in the same way that the world has an impact on you, you have the impact on the world. And if that impact is not a positive impact, you are going to create resistance in the weft or in the force, however you want to think it. We can even use, seriously, we can use Star Wars terminology, right? You would create constrictions in the flow. You would create constrictions in the force. And the force is not going to be able to react to you in the way that you expect it to react. In other words, I think you're, by now, you're familiar with the fact that you are like a pretty much a walking antenna, right? You're, you're a device, kind of like a human pillar that at any point in time is receiving information from the outside world and sending the information out into the world. Because by the virtue of you being connected to everything else, uh, let's just take a very small example of that. You're a part of the human collective family, right? You're a part of Homo sapiens race on planet Earth. Because of that, your mental body is a part of the mental collective of humanity in the same way that your emotional body 
is a part of the emotional collective of humanity. So if you are at any point in time transmitting negativity within your thinking or negativity within what you're feeling or certain lower vibrations, vibrations that are not neutral or positive would essentially be negative. So if you're transmitting that as an antenna, then by definition, you would be polluting everything else that is around you. And thus, the, the state of flow would be cut off from you because the state of flow only comes to those people that give out good vibrations, so to say, which is the same thing as saying to those people that resonate in the heart center because you cannot resonate and vibrate in the heart center and be in negative vibrations. Those are impossible at the same time. It's one or the other. Hmm. Does it mean that you cannot experience negative emotions? Every time you're experiencing a negative emotion in that moment in time, you are not in the state of flow. Yeah. 100% of the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Got it. Any negative emotion, by the way, whether Hmm. that is internally focused or externally focused. Anger, jealousy, envy, sadness, wrath. I mean, you name it depression anxiety any anything you're not in the state of flow yeah judgment impatience at the same time you are you are connected to the collective right and the collective itself uh, transmutes this negative emotions and thoughts yes Uh, does it mean that as soon as the collective is in the negative mode you cannot be in the flow fully no Um, The flow flows, (laughs) no pun intended, for each person individually. It is like the connective tissue. Mm -hmm. Now, whether you're able to receive it or not depends on your frequency and and what you are. It is always available to you because, yes, you're part of the human collective, but you're also extremely responsible for yourself, first and foremost. Mm. So it's almost like that energy is around you, but can you partake in it or not? Does it flow in your favor? Does it flow towards you? Is that the force that governs your life and helps to arrange everything else? And the answer is it will be if you're resonating at the same frequency that it is. And if you're not resonating at the same frequency, then essentially you're going to be invisible to the state of flow. So, let okay. Maybe let, let, me, um, let me explain it another way. Because I, uh, I feel there is some confusion. So the state of flow is very much connected to the concept of your assemblage point. Assemblage point is a very complex uh, subject. And we have made a whole episode about it. But basically, all of your consciousness, or rather how you're seeing and perceiving this world, depends on where your attention kind of like stems from like which chakra your attention or your point of view rather belongs to right again we're taking a very simplistic point of view right so it can be your assemblage point can be in any of the seven main human chakras right based on where your assemblage point is most of the time or or should i say that is correlated to your level of vibration so there are people that are vibrating at the root center at the root chakra. There are people that are vibrating at the sacral. There are people that are vibrating at the heart. Your state of flow 
is a feeling uh, and a, well, a state, essentially, a feeling, an emotion, and a state, energetic state of having an assemblage point in the heart center and above. So essentially, if you are vibrating at the heart center, at the throat, at the third eye, or at the crown, all of these are different facets of flow. The lowest state of flow you can experience is your heart center. This is, again, where nature is vibrating at. This is your bridge chakra. You cannot experience the state of flow if your perception is below that center. It is not called that. It is not described that as as such, right? So what is attainable for a lot of humans, or could be attainable, what's the most attainable, is trying to vibrate at that heart center, which would essentially put you in a position of harmony to yourself and other beings in this universe. At which point you would be rewarded because essentially, because the state of flow is vibrating at the heart center, by vibrating at this center or above, you become visible to the state of flow so you can start participating in your life. In in other words, if you're taking everything in existence as a part of yourself, then the state of flow is going to take you as a part of itself because like attracts like, because it's a very inclusive way of thinking and of being. And because now the state of flow is thinking of you as a part of itself, it is going to flow in your favor. It is going to help you accomplish things that you set out to accomplish. Which also, by the way, happens to be in correlation with the greater good of the universe. Because the state of flow would never, 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 never help you and be on your side if you're doing something that's selfish. It's impossible because selfish does not live in the heart center or above. Selfish lives in the solar plexus and below. So in order for you to participate within the greater scheme of creation and to benefit from the beautiful energy of the divine feminine, you have to raise your vibrations essentially for a lot of you. Hmm. And maintain them there. That makes sense. And um, and just, again, because very little people experience the state of flow, maybe for even a short period of time, right? Maybe it's just a couple of minutes, maybe it's an hour. How would you even describe a person in, in this flow state? Like... What would it be to be in the flow? I, I cannot give you an because answer other than what I've already given you. Yeah. Like, you see, because I, I because don't want to Because a lot of you. people are trying to connect uh, flow with the like work environment, maybe. They're like, how to be in the flow and get work done in, in a n- nice way, you know, how like kind of enjoying the work and uh, accomplishing things. You know, this is like how I see people using And there is flow. nothing to prevent you to be in the state of flow and get work done. Those are not mutually exclusive things by any stretch of imagination. I will tell you that the folks, the beings that are in the most acceptance um, on this planet are the people in the state of meditation and especially the ones that spend prolonged amounts of time in meditation and introspection. 
So your Buddhist monks, for instance, have probably or are probably the folks that experience the most flow. And again, I want to bring you back to my original statement. The state of flow is the state of complete acceptance of what is, what was, what will be, and all aspects of yourself. And now there's a whole other, you know, there, there could, we could have a whole other conversation about, well, are they fully in the state of flow? And the answer is they are not, <laughs> because a lot of the Buddhist monks actually did not do the parts work. There are some parts of themselves that may experience anger or frustration or sadness that they're suppressing. And so they're not fully in the state of flow because they haven't done the, the, the work of integrating those parts. They have done the work of suppressing those parts really well. So even that is a bad example. However, you can experience flow, you know, for shorter spurts of time. And then over time, you can always, you know, next time you align with the state of flow, you start recognizing it. And it's like a muscle that you can train. So every time you get into the state of flow, you get into the state of alignment. It can happen uh, for more prolonged periods of time over and over again. So how does it feel? Or I guess maybe, maybe how does it feel is not the correct question. Maybe the the correct question is, how do you know that you are in the state of flow? If that is helpful, I can answer that. That's very helpful. Yeah. So for people who have achieved the perfect state of flow, they feel like the universe is on their side always, but they don't just feel it. They know it in their heart of hearts and they experience proof, a lot of physical proof that that is the case. But it is also a state where they take a lot of responsibility on themselves as well. Because if you're one with everything, and if the universe has your back, they know that they have to have the back of the universe. So it's not the happy go lucky, let me sit on my you know, but and wait for things to happen type of situation, which is again, one of the fallacies and one of the myths around the state of flow. It is about taking responsibility for others. It is about, you know, doing what you need to do and, and kind of like carrying your weight and carrying your load as well. And through that benefiting from things going your way. Like for people that experience flow continuously, they can manifest things pretty much, if not instantly, very close to instantly. Even on the, you know, if, if state of flow was truly achieved on this planet, you would be able to manifest instantly. Right now, manifestation is not instant. I think you would agree. Yeah. And that is because that state of flow has not been fully achieved yet. But again, I think the important distinction here is it's not about what the universe owes you, but what are you going to do for the universe also? Right? That's why it's, it's kind of selfless. The state of flow is selfless. It is kind of like that, that mother aspect within each of us, within each of you, rather, you know? And the mother is always like the most selfless creature out there. Like she always invests in her baby and like technically at high level of mothership, you don't really expect much back, right? So it's not about just the state of receiving. It's actually a perfect interchange of energy, exchange of energy. That is the flow. Unconstricted, unrestricted flow 
is actually an energy of exchange and not just an energy of receiving. And that is, again, a big, big, big fallacy here. Because a lot of you believe that flow is all about receiving. If only I can receive and teach myself to receive and learn to receive, then I figured out flow. And I will tell you, no, it's wrong. It's incorrect. Because the only way you would be able to truly experience continuous flow in your life is if you figure out the give-receive balance. You do know, right, that, I mean, I, I, I hope that you guys do know that the, the energy doesn't go anywhere. Like it just transforms from one state to another state. And so think about, like, think about like your own misconceptions about flow. On an energetic level, what you believe the flow to be is this. There's yourself, or like, I don't know, a, somebody, like I'll explain what I'm seeing on, on, in the collective. It's actually quite hilarious. I see a circle. Within the circle, there is a person that's, for some reason, is sitting in the lotus pose. So you guys associate the, the state of flow with the lotus pose, which I guess maybe is not that far-fetched given that a lot of Buddhist monks are like achieving it. So that's fine. And then what you expect the state of flow to be is things just come in your way. So it's like this, like, I don't know, well of abundance, or uh, we can call it the waterfall of abundance, just like flowing your way, flowing your way, flowing your way. Like I'm just receiving, I'm in a state of receiving. I'm like, good, 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 good. Okay. Like that's what you guys think the state of flow is. Did you ever stop yourself to ask or stop for a quick second to ask, where does all this energy go if you're trying to collect all of it? Because at one point, your vessel is going to overflow. Because it's not like you're sitting in an empty space. Because your life is already full, you guys. And so how can you receive all of this stuff and more of it and more and more if there's no space for you to receive? And that's, that's the paradox. You cannot experience the state of flow until you learn to actually give. Because the giving empties your vessel enough so you can start receiving so i would actually flip the concept of flow if you want to experience it all in your uh, on its head and tell you that if you want to experience true flow i would start with where you can give and not where you can receive where can you give and by the way i would start that in relationship to yourself first not even to others. Start with giving to yourself. Where can I give to myself? Just start creating flow. Because if you give things, you know, you give something away there is less of, then flow must come and replenish where there is nothing. So in fact, what you should be imagining, what you should be imagining in an energetic level, if you want to imagine a circle and this person sitting in the middle of the circle, you first want to imagine how in every direction, the 360 circle, the energy is leaving you because you're giving away freely from the goodness of your heart, from your heart space. And then the universe has no choice but to reciprocate. And that is how you unlock true flow. Because flow is also something that you cannot run out of. Flow is something that does not have a limit. It doesn't have an end. It is abundance, essentially. And abundance is something that is plentiful. There's a lot of it. That's the whole point, right, of abundance. But for you to in enable that 
the flow of so much stuff into your life, you have to first clear the space for it. And a lot of you have not even done that. So there's no way for you to experience that flow. You are too full with what you already have. And by the way, a lot of the things that you're full with don't even serve you. You know, how about that baggage? How about that trauma that you carry around? How about bias that you carry around? How about your belief systems that are no longer serving you? How about the weight of expectations? How about zero-sum game? If he wins, I lose. All of these things that you're carrying around, all this dead weight that is really, really heavy to carry, but you're still carrying it around just in case or because you're trying to avoid, like, I don't know, some ephemeral bad outcome, right? So I urge you to think first of how you can give and how you can de-stash, right? So de-stash, declutter, get rid of stuff that no longer serves you, integrate. And then step two, give to as many people as much as possible from the goodness of your heart. And that is a big, 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 big prerequisite. Because when people give and they expect something back, they're not operating from the heart space. They're operating from their ego, which is the yellow center. Or sometimes from the red, but mostly from the yellow. You know, what is it in, what's in it for me? Why should I care? Why should I bother me, me, me? That's yellow speaking. Green is how can I make this world a better place because I can or because there are some unique talent that I have or because I, you know, because I care, frankly, about others, right? So you cannot unlock the state of flow in your life, the state of abundance, the state of having access to everything and things happening for you unless you first do stuff for others. From a place of not expecting anything in return. Yeah. Hmm, that's so interesting. Um, that's a very different perspective. That's great. <laughs> Is it great or are you confused? I, I, I really like it uh, because I've been kind of trying to imagine how I give and that feels really good. Um, so you said that the first step would be to declutter. So just to just look at the practical aspect of this, how would you, where would you start and what would you actually do uh, around decluttering? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I can give you um, maybe a practice. Because the baggage is tremendous. Oh, the baggage is crazy, but that's the good part. Like, that's why we have energy work, right? Okay, so are you ready for this? Do you want to do this? Yeah. So the first part of decluttering and, and, and integrating, um, I mean, this is a quick hack. Is that going to get rid of like everything? No, but it is a start. So you would want to imagine yourself, you know, in a state of, in a meditative state, right? So you would want to imagine yourself and I'm, I'm going to be talking and asking you to check whether you have certain things and if you see them, as I'm naming these things, you want to get rid of them. So the first thing that you want to make sure, okay, so like you want to, you know, breathe, get into a deep meditative state with me right now. You can close your eyes and you want to imagine your 
you know, light bodies. Like you want to imagine yourself as the body of light, as a creature of light. You know exactly who you are this moment in time. And so the first thing that you want to see is what you want to check on the weight of expectations. The weight of expectations is generally going to show up as a backpack. So a lot of you would carry a backpack. So you want to check, do you guys have a backpack? That backpack can be big, small, large, pink, green, old, new, you know, there's all kinds that I've seen, right? Super heavy, super light, doesn't matter. If you have a backpack, that's the weight of expectations. That's the weight of your personal expectations, of the expectations of your parents, of the expectations of your society, even human collective, Gaia, all of it. There's like, and pretty much a lot of you are going to have these uh, backpacks. So if you have a backpack, I urge you to remove one, right? And by the way, what might even help you as you're removing the backpack from your light body, stretch your physical body because as you're going to do that you're going to feel like in your back there's space created in your back you might want to stretch you know like you're going to might want to move your shoulders around because like you guys have been carrying it and it's been so heavy and oh my god and you had no idea so backpack is is, is the first thing um then i want you to check if there is like anything heavy in on you in terms of clothing so and or so like actually like clothing like for I'll, I'll explain what I'm seeing and you just like make sure that everything that I'm naming you're removing some of you have fur coats in the middle of the summer I don't understand what it is but I don't think you need a fur coat some of you have helmets as if you're trying to protect your head you might want to remove a helmet because if you're on an energetic body, if you're carrying a helmet, that means that you're expecting the world to be dangerous. So you have to keep wearing that, right? So part of it is all your stuck fears and you being afraid of the outside world. So a lot of your fears are in the helmet. And also some of your fears of connection actually with other people are helmets. Some of you that are wearing helmets um, are the ones that are also worried and afraid of activating your higher centers because you know the helmet technically covers your crown it covers your third eye for a lot of you the helmets go like very very they're very low they go kind of like to the brow bone and so they're really covering your third eye right so you're stealing and robbing yourself of connection as well so you want to remove that um i see for a lot of you you have armor like a coat of armor metallic as if you're like going into battle remove that so as you're removing that like feel how like layers of heaviness are just like coming off of you and you can a lot of you can even feel it in your physical body just feel free as you're removing things feel free to just like drop it on the ground where you are and then we're going to deal with it in a second like you don't need to worry about it right now like what do i do with like my coat of armor <laughs> right um some of you are carrying weapons from like weird swords to oh my god bombs like literally every kind of weapon imaginable from medieval times like axes arrows bows all, all kinds of things knives like you want to remove all of that this is all of your protective gear this is all of the stuff that you have accumulated over the years all the like protective mechanisms and part of it i mean yes like 
on the energetic level, they show up as weapons, but it could actually just be a reaction that you have to the outside world. For instance, I'll give you an example. Some of you might, you know, believe that the best um, form of defense is attack and you verbally attack others, right? So it would like, you could be verbally abusive to others because that is, you know, cover, covering up your insecurities maybe. Uh, but, you know, you would be tough to others. So like you would not necessarily come across as insecure, but on an energetic level, this would actually come up as a spear. Like a lot of people who, who have like um, a tendency of, of being abusive towards others through speech, they would have, they would carry around spears and other type of like, um, um, uh, sharp objects uh, that they would use as weapons. So you kind of want to drop that because all of that is a defensive mechanism. So you just want to drop that. Okay. Uh, what else I'm seeing? Okay. A lot of stuff around your neck. You want to make sure that there is not anything around your neck. I see all kinds of metallic colors. I see bandages on your neck, even band-aids. Some of you have band-aids. Uh, some of you just have scarves, but they've been really wrapped around too many layers of scarves. Like you want to remove anything that's constricting your neck because anything that's constricting your neck is essentially constricting life force entering your body because your neck really is how breath enters into your in, into your body. So if your neck is constricted, essentially your life force is not even going to be able to penetrate. So a lot of the people with all kinds of trauma around self-worth, like what am I worth? Am I worth anything? Uh, a lot of the people with issues around self-confidence, a lot of the people with a history of abuse, and it doesn't, by the way, it can be past lives. It doesn't just have to be this one. You just like carry on all this like stuff um, as a memory, as a bookmark. So you want to make sure that your neck is not constricted by anything. Even by the way, chokers or jewelry. If like in this exercise, you're seeing a piece of jewelry around your neck, you want to drop that. You don't need that. That is not making you pretty. Trust me, it is constricting your flow. Otherwise, you would not be seeing any piece of jewelry on your neck right now. Also, for some of you, you guys would have scars or even wounds. Like as you're removing these objects, if you see open wounds on your body that open up on your neck, you want to just bring in a lot of light here and heal it. Because we're dealing with generational trauma right now, potentially. So what you're the work that you're doing right now, it doesn't seem that way, by the way. But you might maybe getting rid of something right now that you've been holding on for 3,000 incarnations for some of you. And as you're removing it, by the way, it you would feel it so deep in your bones. And on an energetic level, sometimes it can create wounds because it's just been sitting there for such a long time that you started associating it with yourself and a, and a part of you. And so you really, as you're, you know, removing, decluttering that those aspects of, of, of the past, for the lack of a better word, you want to make sure that you're healing the skin and the, and, the, and, 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 and the body that is left. And so to heal those wounds, to heal the scars, you just like you would just bring a bowl of golden light or a bowl of white light. And, you know, you would just heal it with that like white energy. So you just make sure that there are no scars around your neck area or your face, because some of you have also removed the helmet and it has really damaged, you know, your um, your scalp. So you want to make sure that the scalp is also healed. Because for some of you, like, 
some of these things really don't want to come off, right? Um, so you, you know, if you, if you, it doesn't want to come off, um, what you would want to do is you want to bring heat to that object and it could pop off, right? For some of you, if, if you have uh, been like choked or like there is like some type of metallic choker around your neck, if you cannot remove it, please use the sword of light. Um, Archangel Michael is generous enough today. He wants to come through and allow that as a tool for yourself. So feel free to take the sword of light and just cut cut it off your neck, right? To, for it to stop constricting you. Okay, moving down your body. A lot of you have around your chest area, you have a cage. So you're caged animals. And where you are constricted, you have all of these cages around your hearts specifically and around your chest area and around your lungs. So you really want to drop these things. So these are all the fears and all the trauma that is related with your families. So familial trauma. What, what I mean by that is any trauma related to your parents, any trauma related to your children, any trauma related to your ancestors, any trauma related to your lineage is going to give you a cage in this part of your body. You want to remove that. You want to drop it. You can even melt it if, you, if, if that feels better to you, right? Okay, um, going down. Um, a lot of you have metallic rings around your waist. So this is another form of being caged. This particular form, uh, if you have it, if you see like um, almost like a hula hoop, but it is like really like a belt or any type of belt that are constricting like your, you know, waist area, you want to remove that. You want to drop that. You don't need that. So part of this is an inability to follow your path or to do what you want to do. So for those souls that are, have experienced that or are experiencing constriction around being able to follow their heart, being able to follow their path, or just like following maybe, I don't know, like a job or some talent that they have and that they wouldn't follow it because it doesn't pay the bills or what have you, they would start being constricted in the waste area. So you really want to make sure that you remove any kinds of belts and, and things that shouldn't be there. And again, if your skin underneath needs healing, so please heal it with the light, um, white light or golden light. Uh, it's the same thing as white flame or golden flame. Uh, for those of you that like the, the energy of the sacred flames, it's essentially the same thing. Um, then, then going down, um, I see a lot of you have patches on your knees. So there's all types of metallic objects around your knees and specifically kneecaps. I would say a lot of you are going to have this metallic overshell around your kneecap. You really want to remove that. This is constricting you around listening to your own opinions and taking yourself seriously. So this is where the collective is really fooling you. So the collective is teaching you to listen to itself, to listen to it. Uh, that's where, you know, all the ways that you have forsaken yourself to please somebody else. That is your, that like, that gives you this overshell around the knee. So this is essentially like self-betrayal. And a lot of you have that. If you've betrayed yourself, and like self-betrayal can actually come in, in many different shapes and forms and sizes. Part of it is also integrity. Do you always say 
keep the promises that you give to yourself. If not, it can be a constriction in the knee. So you want to remove that. Then I actually see metallic discs um, and chains around your ankles. So literally your walking is constricted. Um, it's, it's almost like you're chained and jailed and your feet, you're not able to make moves, right? So there's a lot of trauma here. You definitely want to get rid of it. Part of it is people settling. So anytime you settle for something, every time you, um, you lack boundaries or you don't set boundaries for yourself and others. So for instance, for somebody that is staying in a hapless marriage, but they're staying because there are children and blah, blah, blah. It'll give you this constriction in your ankles. You want to remove that. Um, anytime you're staying at a job that you hate. So anytime you settle for anything, really, instead of what you wanted, that's going to constrict your walking. And, and that's, that, that's why it's, it's going to, you know, literally put all types of blocks around your ankles. And then um, last but not least, okay, this is going to sound really weird. If you have nails, as in metallic nails, not nails like fingernails, but you know, like uh, the hammer and nails <laughs> that you used to hang like pictures on the walls, you know, these types of nails. If you have them in your feet, please remove them. A lot of you have them. And that is every time that you have intentionally hurt yourself. And I don't mean physically hurt, but Acts of hurting oneself is self-criticism, high expectations and not being able to meet that expectation, pushing yourself to the limit, saying that you're not good enough or acknowledging that you're not good enough. That manifests in the, in the light body as the nails in your feet. So these are just some of the things. I mean, there's more, but I... You know, if you just remove these things, I would say that you're infinitely better than what you have been. Okay, ready? With all the stuff, all the stuff that is now below you, like all the stuff that you have removed from your body, all of these metallic constrictions. By the way, if there is anything else that wants to manifest and be removed right now, any chains, any blockages, any other stuff that you don't need, please remove it. Don't wait for me to tell you if you're feeling something as you're like, do a quick scan of your body. Is there anything anywhere else that doesn't feel good, that should not be there and that have been stuck for too long? Please release it. Um, some of you also have uh, things in your hands, like on your fingers, like all these, like, again, like it could come across as jewelry or, um, you know, it could be. Uh, cl so, some clips and all, all kinds of other constrictions in your fingers. You definitely want to remove that and like just enable that flow again in, in your fingers and in your hands. It's also really important that there are no like weird bracelets or chains or anything. Like just remove that. Okay. All the stuff that's now on the floor or on the ground. What you want to imagine is a portal. Imagine that right in front of you, they're opened a portal. A portal is essentially, imagine there's like a sphere of light and inside of the sphere, there's like a door and this door now opens and it opens into the vast starry sky. So it's kind of like cosmos, right? Um, the door opens into cosmos. So technically, you know, it's another dimension, 
And that dimension that you're going to be working with is the healing dimension. And it's the dimension where, you know, that can take any of the constrictions that you've had and rearrange that energy into something useful. So it's kind of like the equivalent of the universal recycling. I know you guys like to recycle your plastic bottles and whatnot. The universe has its own recycling facilities. So what you want to do is you want to take all of the stuff, you know, all of your coats of armor and all of the weapons that you've thrown away and all of your chains and all the good stuff, right? Your uh, backpacks. You want to take that and throw all of these stuff that you no longer need straight into that portal, into the the starry sky behind um, the door. And as soon as you're done, you just want to close the door. And the moment that you close that door, the portal, the sphere disappears completely. And so now you're literally just standing, you know, for the first time in forever, not weighed down by all of these things that we've just gotten rid of, right? So I just really want you to feel the difference in your light body, how much different it feels to not be constricted by all of that stuff that you didn't know that you carried. And what might be really, really helpful here is imagine that there is a waterfall that falls straight from the heavens and the waterfall is here to heal you, to cleanse you. Because after like the big purge like this, it's really important to start replenishing energy. And so just imagine you're standing under that waterfall and just receiving all the goodness after you've already given all the stuff away that you don't want. And just know that the waterfall is going to take care of you in the best possible way, frankly. So that is the answer to your question of how do you purge and, and how do you get rid of the, you know, how do you give away the stuff that you, you don't want? That's one of the ways for sure that, you know, um, is definitely impactful. Mm -hmm. That's great. I feel much lighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So that's great. And uh, as I understand, that would be the first step. And uh, because there is much more, yes. as I understand, right? I would really like to maybe have another uh, episode about um, giving and then mm -hmm. receiving, actually because uh, well the receiving actually happens as a byproduct of giving right you don't need yeah well because to, like... by giving you you give away so that creates empty space right if you had a dollar and you gave away now you have zero so you have empty space where you had a dollar now the universe must <laughs> give you something <laughs> otherwise you have empty space and the universe doesn't like empty space so the receiving, the act of receiving is a natural byproduct of the act of giving. Huh. As in, they, they are like birds of a feather that stick together. They're like two peas in the pod. And the funny part is humans tend to start with step two, which is the receiving. Giving yeah. is always step one. Receiving is always step two. And they're like, well, I think the step of flow, uh, I think that the state of flow is all about receiving. So they're focusing on step two about receiving but they forget that it's actually a pair and they're always a combo. And you can get step two without doing step one. That's not how the universe works. Right. Makes sense? Yes, makes sense. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing this information with us today. And uh, there will be another session about giving. And uh, I'm going to end this one. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at conversationswithmyhigherself.co. If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergey.